The CECC reported some 42,100 local cases on Wednesday, along with a monthly low of 85 pandemic deaths. In addition, the CECC announced that second booster shots will be offered to more people starting this Friday. Let's hear from the health minister. Starting July 1st, we will expand eligibility for second booster doses, that is for fourth doses, which are currently recommended for Category 1 medical workers, people 65 and older, residents of long-term care facilities, and individuals 18 and older who are immunocompromised or have a weakened immune system. Those are the groups that are currently eligible for a second booster shot. But starting July 1st, airport and port workers, home quarantine workers, airline crew, plus employees of care institutions and the social welfare system will be added to the list of eligible groups. The health chief says that the local cases are dropping, but that imported cases are up 28% from the previous month. Not only that, crowds are starting to return to recreational and leisure facilities. Citing the continued infection risk, he said that Taiwan's mask mandate will be extended throughout the month of July. Multi-system inflammatory syndrome in children, or MISC, is a COVID complication that can lead to serious consequences if not treated early. On Wednesday, doctors at National Taiwan University Hospital listed early warning signs that parents should know. These include lethargy, a fever, skin rash, and swollen lymph nodes. Since the start of the Omicron wave, NTU Hospital has seen 15 young children with MISC. One of them was a six-year-old boy who developed MISC one month after his COVID infection. Six-year-old Ray Ray poses with a stuffed toy. He was successfully treated for MISC at National Taiwan University Hospital. Even with a face mask obscuring his face, he appears to be the picture of health. But not long ago, he was in emergency care for recurrent fevers following a COVID infection. Every time he had a fever, he had different symptoms. It might be rashes on some days, or he would have chills or a very inflamed throat, or the skin on his fingers would be peeling. His younger brother was different. He only had a fever, stomach ache, and vomiting. That made us think maybe it's only a stomach bug. Two of the family's four children developed MISC. The older brother, Ray Ray, had the more severe case. At one point, he experienced shock and heart failure and was admitted to intensive care. His younger brother had milder symptoms, including diarrhea, but both developed swollen lymph nodes. Watch out for other dangerous symptoms during a fever. For example, be on alert if there is lowered energy, fatigue, sleepiness, no urination for longer than half a day, apparent dryness of the oral muscosa or if the child cries and agitated but there are no tears. All these are troubling signs. The doctor urged parents to watch out for warning signs. So far, NTU Hospital has taken in 15 MISC patients aged up to 11. All of them were unvaccinated. Up to 60% had swollen lymph nodes in the neck and rashes, while others had conjunctivitis. More alarmingly, 40% experienced cardiogenic shock. It's not always MISC when a child develops a fever several weeks after a COVID infection. There are other possibilities, the most common being roseola. Roseola occurs after a three or four day fever of 39 or 40 degrees subsides. In the case of MISC, 
rashes appear at the same time as the fever. As of mid-June, more than 600,000 COVID cases were reported among those aged 20 and younger. Doctors predict that Taiwan will see nearly 200 cases of MISC in the future. Parents are advised to be on the alert for symptoms. National Police Agency Director General Chen Jiaqing will step down on Thursday after a four-year, nine-month tenure. He surprised political observers last week when he filed for early retirement. His request was approved on Wednesday by the Executive Yuan. He will be succeeded by Huang Mingzhao, the head of Kaohsiung Police. 60-year-old Huang Mingzhao is a seasoned officer who got his start in Jilong. He served as chief of police in Yunlin County and Jilong City, as well as commissioner of the Criminal Investigation Bureau. He led the crackdown on multiple high-profile crimes, including the infamous raincoat robberies. The American Chamber of Commerce in Taiwan has released its 2022 Taiwan White Paper. At a press conference, M. Cham urged Taiwan to do more to ensure a stable power supply, attract more international talent, and eliminate trade barriers. Our reporter Stephanie Yang has the details. At a press conference for the release of the white paper, Am Cham said Taiwan should take urgent action to ensure a stable energy environment. Am Cham also called for more negotiations on bilateral semiconductor supply chain agreements with the U.S. It called for U.S.-Taiwan double taxation agreement to help facilitate trade and bilateral investment. Uh, It would be a mistake not to include um, uh, Taiwan, which has such a predominant uh, uh, role in this sector, producing over 70% of the global supply of the highest, most advanced um, uh, integrated circuits in in the world, um, uh, clearly has a key role. So uh, uh, the Chamber's request is to ensure that um, uh, that the Taiwan Taiwan industry, the U.S. industry, the third country industry that's located here has a seat at the table. AmCham also commented on a newly launched forum for economic engagement called the U.S.-Taiwan Initiative on 21st Century Trade. It said that forging a bilateral trade agreement was a more important step for securing the trade relationship between the two sides. The chamber called on the Biden administration to start talks on a bilateral trade deal and for Congress to pass the required legislation. There are no clear indicators that the Biden administration is is contemplating something um, in, in the very near term. Uh, in, in response though, to your wider question then of you know, why do we uh, continue to uh, urge or promote that as a, as a solution, um, we, we, we still come back to the point that it is a, a very strong and worthwhile aspiration. It's a lot of effort to move in that direction and we want to be positioned for the time when it does become possible. Cham also said Taiwan should do more to cultivate a diverse international pool of talent, particularly as borders reopen post-COVID. I think for the uh, talent um, cir- circulation, first of all, I, we like to uh, encourage uh, Taiwan government to allow more professionals, uh, international professionals, come working here. Okay, we know uh, NDC already has this program for go kart, but I don't think that's actively promoted. So there's a lot of, uh, uh, it's not very uh, well known for that very, very nice program. And then secondly, um, Taiwan has set up this uh, bilingual uh, 2030. Um, That is also very important, but we'd like to know uh, how this program this time is any different than a few programs they tried before. And if possible, 
uh, MCHAM could also take, um, be a partner in this program to contribute whatever we can do. MCHAM has published its annual white paper for the past 26 years. According to MCHAM, 13 issues raised in the 2020 white paper were fully resolved, but only five issues in the 2021 white paper were fully resolved. FTV News, Stephanie Yang and Lee Hunt in Taipei. Now on to the local elections. In the latest development, the KMT has finalized its candidate for the Kaohsiung mayoral race. It will field former lawmaker Ke Zhiren, who now heads a Taipei-based think tank. On Wednesday, Ke announced that she will move to Kaohsiung next week. She said she looked forward to a gentleman's fight with incumbent Chen Qimai of the DPP. Several times when I was in Kaohsiung, I ran into Chen Qimai at the high-speed rail station. The mayor would ask me where I was going. At the time, he was a legislator, and he would ask the driver to circle around so that I could feel the warm atmosphere of the city. So I'd like for the upcoming campaign to be a fight between gentlemen. Former legislator Ko used to be my colleague at the Legislative Yuan. She is a guest from afar. I believe that after she comes here, she will be treated to the warmth of the people of Kaohsiung. Before she was a lawmaker, Ke worked in broadcast journalism and education. She entered parliament in 2016 as a legislator at large and ran unsuccessfully as a district candidate in 2020. Ahead of her Kaohsiung campaign, Ke has tried to distance herself from the city's last KMT mayor, the controversial Han Guoyu. The central bank is making a foray into digital currency. Speaking to reporters on Wednesday, Central Bank Chief Yang Jinglong confirmed plans to issue a virtual token that can be used for everyday payments. The currency will be pegged to the new Taiwan dollar, making it a risk-free form of money. Yang said the project was large and complex and that the legal work alone would take at least two years. Central Bank Chief Yang Jinglong refuses to be drawn on an upcoming power price increase, which is expected to drive consumer prices and intensify inflation. On Wednesday, reporters asked Yang about a potential emergency meeting on interest rate policy, but the central bank governor declined to answer directly, instead pivoting to plans for a new digital currency. It can be used at vending machines, to pay for a taxi, and even to make investments. The new virtual currency can be used for everyday payments, and it's now in the experimentation phase. It's the central bank's latest effort to speed up the digitization of finance. It will be pegged to the new Taiwan dollar, making it a risk-free form of money. We must lay a sound legal groundwork, so that will take a long time. After that's done, we will start thinking about how to move the project forward. This will take at least two years. We're still assessing the timeline. The legal and technical aspects of the currency will take at least two years to fine-tune. According to Young, the token will be different from virtual currencies like Bitcoin and Ether, which have recently fallen sharply. Bitcoin is a very volatile financial commodity. It continues to be a vehicle for speculation. 
Once the central bank's digital currency is ready to go, it will provide a safe and risk-free means of payment, Yang said. He said that in contrast, Bitcoin was highly volatile and that investors trade at their own risk. Would you like a discount on your morning coffee? Starting this Friday, you can save at least 5NT if you bring your own reusable cup to some 50,000 retail locations. The government policy is designed to reduce waste and it applies to convenience stores, beverage shops and fast food restaurants. Today, the Environmental Protection Administration held a press conference to highlight some of the sweetest discounts on offer. Handshaken beverages are a go-to in the sweltering summer heat. Starting this Friday, you can score an easy discount on drinks. A new EPA initiative will start on July 1st. If you bring your own reusable cup, you will get at least 5 NT off your beverage. You can help the planet and save some cash. It's not a bad proposition. I support this initiative. After all, you've got to save where you can. It's not easy making money. Locals have high praise for the program and say they're happy to switch to reusable cups. But businesses that launched the discount early say the response has been lukewarm at best. Since May, only one or two people a week have been coming in with their own cups. We would love to see more people do that. Now that the government is promoting this program, which benefits both the planet and a pocketbook, I think that more customers will start bringing their own reusable cups. Ahead of the discount program's launch, the Environmental Protection Administration held a press conference to showcase deals from beverage retailers. There are five benefits. First, you get to save 5NT. Second, you reduce waste production. You reduce single-use plastic waste generation and shrink your carbon footprint at the same time. Finally, bringing your own cup is more hygienic. We are responding proactively to this government policy. We encourage our customers to bring their own cups to our stores for 10 NT off their drink. The EPA said that vendors are exempt from the discount policy under certain circumstances. There must be a price reduction if the customer is making a purchase. But if the beverage is provided as part of a promotion or if it's a gift, then vendors do not need to provide a discount. According to EPA statistics, Taiwan goes through 4 billion single-use beverage cups every year. Officials hope the 5NT discount plan will shift consumer habits and reduce the use of disposable cups. Yilan is in bloom. Locals in Sanqing Township are enjoying a profusion of flowers along their local highways and looking forward to the annual pear harvest. And meanwhile, in Wujie Township, there's a special flower that only blooms at night. The unusual sight of pink petals unfurling in the dark has won the tree a nickname called Summer Fireworks. Accompanied by the endless chirping of a thousand insects, these branches appear festooned with pink fairy lights. But of course, it's a sea of flowers, their pink-white petals reaching down to the ground like so many tiny fireworks. Visitors make night pilgrimages here to see the flowers glow in the gloom. The flowers are so beautiful this year. They were all coming out along the branches, and we knew there would be an explosion this year. So many of them. 
fabulous. Here at Wushi Erjia Wetlands in Yilan's Wujie Township, there's a profusion of powder puff trees. They only bloom at night, wilting in the daytime. But every time they open, they release a powerful fragrance and attract a host of visitors. Meanwhile, along a country road in Sanqing Township, a river of golden blossoms hangs between green leaves and azure sky. This exquisite summer vista extends a good three or four kilometers down the highway. The golden shower tree is a local landmark. The township helps local farmers sell their fruit by using the golden flowers as an advert. Because of the pandemic, this year we're expecting a sharp drop in the number of summer tourists. It's the harvest next week, and the township office is holding a special event to help our pear farmers promote their produce. The inclement climate this year has taken a toll on the Elon pears of the township. But while the harvest is small, the fruit is as sweet as ever. Locals hope plenty of visitors will come out to enjoy the summer in both fruit and flower. The Hakka Affairs Council is launching a new Hakka summer camp for children. Minister Yang Changzhen hopes that it will give kids an immersive Hakka language environment. Elementary and junior high students can choose between arts, sports, history and tours of Hakka villages as they spend the summer learning about their heritage. A lively puppet opera is spoken in Hakka and filled with unique cultural references. Next up, rappers wow the audience with Hakka rhymes. They're hoping to inspire young people to study their heritage language and history. The Hakka Affairs Council is launching a new Hakka summer camp for youngsters. At school, we have 40 minutes of local language education a week. Learning a language properly is actually really hard. Of course, we hope that families can be more proactive. But with these summers and winter camps, we want to supplement the limited normal class time we have and create an all-Hakka language environment. This year, there will be 24 Hakka language programs across four categories, touring Hakka villages, a learning adventure, Hakka arts and crafts, and sports activities. Children can choose the activities they prefer and get chatting in Hakka with their classmates. It's mainly aimed at elementary and junior high students. The content includes music, drama, and academics, mostly relaxed and fun learning methods. The summer holidays are a chance to do something different. For some children, this summer will be the year they're immersed in life in Hakka for the first time and can forge a deeper connection with their heritage. <laughs>